Hello, my friends. Uh, welcome to this OCAST experience. Uh, I'm Walter. I'm a temporary host for today's experience. And we have the pleasure to be here with Hugo Araújo and Marieke Akgu. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, nice to have you guys here. Uh, also, Vini and Maya are here with us. And uh, I'd, I'd like to start uh, uh, just saying a little bit about myself. Uh, I believe a lot in the Regen uh, movement. Uh, as of today, I work in an impact fund that focuses exclusively in uh, activist entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs that have causes, and that's why they uh, set up their business movements, projects. And that's what I'm doing now, and I'm very happy uh, to be participating in that. So, uh, first, I'd like to introduce Hugo. Uh, I, I've just uh, uh, been with Hugo once, so I, I would prefer for him to introduce himself. It's okay with you, Hugo? So, the floor is yours. Perfect, Walter. Uh... Totally. So thank you. Thank you very much for hosting and for giving us this space. And I'm really happy to hold this space together, especially with you two. I think we are um, business souls that uh, are re-burning somehow, like the phoenix. And, and I feel honored in this place. Um, talking with business people about nature, I think that means a lot in terms of our regeneration. Uh, so my name is Ugaraujo and I'm a biomimicry professional. I also consider myself a biomimicry artist, but especially um, uh, a human being, uh, nature's organism. So I like to think that I belong to the whole ecosystem and that I'm just doing my best in my present time to add value to wherever I am and whatever I do. So today I'm going to be mapping uh, our conversation, doing my best. Sorry for all my mistakes already. <laughs> But um, I feel really honored to, to be here. So Marieke, uh, I met her also just once. So I think this is very unique and very authentic of this conversation because we don't have like a full and, and super deep background on each other. But it is about to reveal itself. And I hope I can do a nice curation of this. But Marieke is a, a special person that is not just a biomimic in my, from my perspective, but is also trying to do a nature's economy a emulation. And something that she brings to the table is interspecies communication. So I believe that she can add to the conversation the voice of those that are unheard. And, and usually we, we have this conversation just amongst humans. So my guess was what could, what could happen if we bring different voices of nature into a business um, capitalistic conversation and with all the heart that we have in between us. But please, Marieke, can you introduce yourself? Yes, of course. And thank you for this small introduction. Uh, my name is Marika Akul. It's a Dutch name uh, with a Turkish background, uh, so this is why it's a little bit different to pronounce for some people. So pronounce it the way you want, it's all okay. 
Um, I'm a shamanic animal communicator uh, working in the field of biomimicry and I'm the co-founder of Nature Economy, uh, as you can see behind me. We are um, a non-profit organization that I'm running together with a, a shaman of the Sami, of the North European uh, tribe. And we try to make indigenous and shamanistic knowledge uh, known into the world of uh, businesses and to help uh, people change their leadership in a more earth-based leadership. Um, so this is kind of what we do. Um, I have a background um, in marketing, uh, which is completely different, but I can relate both uh, in that sense to the, the natural world and the business world. And this is, I think, right now, what we really need to do. And I'm really thankful for all of you to share this together with us. And I'm seeing this beautiful screen that Hugo is now making at the same time while talking. Uh, it's beautiful to see how he's mapping all these these things that we talk about right now. So, Walter, I would love to give you the word back and to see what's going to be the topic of today. No, I'm uh, just by your introduction. <laughs> I'm uh, already extremely excited to hear more. I mean, uh, you're talking about interspecies communication, and thank you. Yes. It's it's so so good when we have <laughs> the thing here to guide us, but also involving with marketing, with nature economy, and mm -hmm. please uh, tell tell us more about that. Um, well, let's say it like this, is that... Um, Maybe you begin been... with the start. How did it start? <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. Um, it started years and years ago when my cats um, started to put voices in my head and I didn't really realize what they were doing until I understood that they were telling me or giving me the, the, the date or the time that they would come back at night. And when I realized that, I started to manipulate that. Um, and so we started to have these conversations and I didn't know that it was telepathy that we were using it took me a while to to uh, discover that because I'm growing up as a, as a Dutch person in Holland and we lost our indigenous knowledge from here we don't have ancestors uh, really present right now who still live in a, in a shamanistic way so we have lost this this layer in, in our society and um, so if you look at shamanism we look at the outside we look to other cultures we don't look at our own so it took my own animals to relearn that uh, it took uh, apprenticeships uh, at shamans uh, all over the world to really understand that I had to go back to my own nature and to talk to my own nature and the more I did the more they gave me messages about how they see the world how they see us and at one point um, I was working with some councils of animals and one of them is the Sacred Council of Ancient Wisdom which is uh, very interesting because they can answer a lot of questions about a lot of stuff that's going on in the world and they asked me to be their spokesperson and for me as a Dutch person that was quite a big ordeal um, quite a big task but the more I grew in it, uh, the, lately, the more I feel it's really necessary to be the voice for those who don't have a voice in the human way. And at one time I was at this beautiful sacred fire and I was talking to the fire, like, who am I to, to be able to speak uh, in this matter and for so many? And then uh, the sacred fire answered that, um, that this is the language of creation. 
and that the language of creation is older than any um, tribe. It's older than any uh, species of human that we know nowadays. So by doing this, honoring the language of creation, I honor creation itself. So therefore it doesn't matter where I'm from. And um, it is very beautiful to see uh, also how different the world um, is seen through the eyes of the animals, through the eyes of the plants and, and the trees, for instance, but also through the eyes of nature spirits. And if you compare that with indigenous way of thinking and living, um, I can say that there's a lot of parallels going on. So actually, this is really also the subject that we kind of talk about, is that when we really immerse ourselves way, again in, in the ways of our ancestors, in the ways of how nature um, is normally working and we take back our place in nature, we think and feel the same way as the animals do. We think and feel the same way again as nature does. So therefore there will, no, there will no longer be any differences between us and we will be, become part of that grid again. Oh, amazing, amazing. Thank you for, for being here and for all of that. And Maria, how, uh, can you talk a little bit about nature economy as well? Uh, uh, how is, is it organizing? What are you guys focused on? Uh, nature Economy is, is founded last year at the end because we really realized that what COVID is doing right now too in the world is that uh, the way our economy is working is, is no longer a good way and, and it, it can no longer be, be continued like this. So therefore not only us individuals have to change but companies itself too. And um, we both realized, me and my, my friend, um, that there's a big gap between, uh, let's say, science and magic. And there's a big gap between um, modern society and indigenous way of living. Um, in general, people think the indigenous way of living is something from the past, but actually it's from the future. So if we could integrate that again and, and make that bridge, um, that means that we can live in um, correlation with nature being in a, in a full circular um, way of sustaining ourselves. So therefore it will not, not harm uh, nature, but also not harm us, because we are nature. So if we are really going through those paradigm shifts and we really understand that we are harming ourselves long term um, by not taking care of nature, if we can have that mindset that means that um, we really can go into a different state of mind. And um, so this is what we try to do with Nature Economy, this non-profit organization that me and Yango Swani, the Sami Shaman, are running together. And right now what we're doing, we're talking a lot with biomimicry to see if we can organize uh, a lot of events, um, talking about uh, interspecies communication uh, workshops for biomimics so that we can help science also to understand nature on a different level. Um, but also we're organizing a lot of uh, journeys uh, to immerse people in nature the way we do and let them feel from the heart and reconnect from the heart with nature so that they will never feel alone again and really feel um, 
this heart connection with nature on a different level than what you do now when you walk in the forest. But if you now walk with an open heart and you really connect with the energies in the forest and connect with everything around you, you truly feel part of that. And you truly feel um, um, so much love <laughs> from coming from, from the plants and the trees. and. Um, just a simple idea, if you walk in the forest, a lot of times just try to touch the leaves. A lot of leaves never had the experience of how it is to be uh, touched by a human. And even for them it's an experience. So just by touching it, really caressing just the leaves, and especially the young leaves, the new leaves, it's a beautiful experience for them and it's a, it's a beautiful way of sharing love in a different way. So even that you can feel in your heart, and uh, or just admire a flower. And just really study it and look at it at the color and the depth and how many leaves does it have and send it some love and you will see that it really flourish. So we organize a lot of journeys to really help people emerge in nature and to understand them that um, um, that we are part of nature and help them have this mind shift and, and paradigm shift so that they themselves uh, don't have to follow the rules, but they can feel that the changes come from within. Perfect. No, perfect. Uh, I, I had an experience like about 10 or 11 years ago. Uh, I went to a tribe in Amazon, in Acre, and they were friends of, of my friends. And since then, uh, we go every year there. And it's amazing. It's exactly where you're talking about. Like, while we're getting into the forest, it seems that everything uh, becomes kind of organized inside. I think harmonic. It's it's like you you are you are uh, coming back home or or something like that. And so many so much experience there. It's it's really really amazing. Like if if I don't go like last year we we didn't go because of the pandemic, uh, obviously. But it you. Feel like you need you need to reconnect because in the city I live in the city and it, it's it's everything it's a mess right uh, uh, we, I I remember a story uh, Ayuton Krenak it's a, a a friend of mine and a very important uh, uh, indigenous uh, uh, leadership here in Brazil and he he told me a story once. Uh, about uh, David Kopenawa, it's one of the leaders of the Yanomami, and they were recently invaded. Uh, they say discovered, but they were recently invaded from uh, from Brazil, and and it was pretty recent. And and Krenaki went there to talk to him, and and then he asked like three questions. The first one is Krenaki, these white folks are they many? And then Kranak said, oh my God, there are so many. It's like all the stars in the, in the sky, all the, the sand in the river. It, it's, it's, it's a lot of them. And, and, and then he said, oh my God. And what do they eat, Kranak? And he said, no, they eat everything. They eat the forest, they eat the mountains, they eat whatever it's in their front, they eat. They just eat. I, oh, shit. And then he said, and where do they take a shit? <laughs> it was the third question. They shit all over. They shit the rivers, they shit the air. So it's kind of, it's three basic questions that with all our modernity, all our science, 
it, it seems that we, we didn't figure out. Like, uh, we are too many, we eat everything, and we ship everything. So, uh, I don't know, it's, 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 it's just sad. And following that, Marieke, uh, what is... No, that's not the question. I, I wanted to, to ask what is the solution, but what is the beginning <laughs> of the solution? Because it seems that we are going in the opposite way, I don't know. No, the, the solution, the beginning of the solution, as you call it, is that we still... still um, well, first we have to become aware, and we have to become aware of, of, of our effects, what we're doing to the world. Um, and for that, um, we, we still have to do a lot of uh, uh, conscious um, uh, broadcasting like what we're doing today. This is also very important. We have to make people aware that, that what is their impact. And if we see now what Hugo is doing, actually Bible talking, this is exactly what he is now showing. Be already talking and look at all the topics that we already uh, talked about. You see this entire mapping that he is doing. And what we have to understand that this is what's going on constantly in our life every day on. This is what we do. We touch everyone that we meet. We touch everyone that we speak. We touch and interact with each part of nature that we see and, and, and connect with during the day. So there's a lot of information being shared. So the question is, what do we share? And the question is, what do we hear? What do we pick up? And what Euro is really beautifully showing right now is this is how um, not only the internet works, which is actually a copy of the original, and this is the, the, the energetic um, blueprint behind all of this. This is what all animals and all nature can tap in all the time. This is exactly what he is now showing, is that um, all animals, as long as they're really connected to this grid of energy, they can get all the answers. It just depends on which step you take, but this is how you can follow the threads that Hugo is now making. But you can find all the, the answers in there. So for us, the first step is to be aware. The second step is to open our heart, um, to really start caring. Um, because as soon as you care and you're aware, you change. Yeah. And at this point, I would love to, Hugo, if you have time, because I see you're really, really busy, could you maybe explain a little bit more about what you're exactly making? Because this is my interpretation, but you're the creator of it. So could you please um, show us a little bit what you have been doing till now? Sure. So I think the, the, my, the brain interpretation, it's a mind map. And I'm just mapping the conversation in, in a way that I'm curating information and I'm connecting it as it flows. Um, a more, let's say, shamanic interpretation of this will be that I'm trying to weave the energy and, and the consciousness of humanity so we can make use of this energetic flow that is called Internet. So to put together all these conversations around our consciousness and about the things that we need because I felt that we're lost and we're lost because of technology in many ways. So my own call was how to, how to use this energy of technology and business in order to, to help humanity to connect 
our knowledge, I think, and and to bridge in between science and indigenous culture. So what I'm doing now is a dream that came true. Uh, and it was a vision that I had without knowing that it was going about to be about you. But this is what I always wanted to do, like talking about these interesting things and talking about reality. This is the way that the world is and using technology to to underline visually and to make it beautiful as the flowers. So maybe you don't need to think in mathematics, like the flower and mathematics. When you see a flower, it's just beautiful. So I believe if we can make knowledge beautiful, then it's gonna be easier for everyone to understand. So after this, it's gonna be open and whoever wants to come and explore it, so you can explore it in one or many ways. And this will be, for example, the starting one and how we are connecting with nature. So you have different entry points. We're talking about humanity, love, and a paradigm shift, especially uh, like from the side of reconnection and this idea of the grid of energy. And one of the shamans in the Amazon call it more like the, the book of knowledge, where they actually have access to what we want to make as a cloud, but it is there. And been there for many civilizations and generations over time. So I hope we can quiet our cleverness at some point and, and try to, to speak from our hearts. And, and this is an attempt to have something that is, it doesn't come from a database, but that actually let us speak our hearts visually and digitally. What I've always learned is that you uh, leave something or end something more beautiful than you started. And, and if I look at this grid that you're now building and I look at the words that you made blue, um, with the business, the nature, the humanity, the love and the paradigm, that is the essence of which basis, of course, in the indigenous culture. Um, but it's beautiful to see how this mapping is, is uh, highlighting um, so that at the end we are indeed uh, ending this conversation more beautiful than how we found it because this is you can really see it in the physical now <laughs> and I think it helps a little bit to the chemistry of the brain because whether we are able to read everything our brain it is able to read everything at once so our subconsciousness is getting it and then we'll make it consciousness conscious so I think there is a, um, I, I, when, when I think myself as a shaman, I think this is my magic and this is the way that I can contribute from where I am, which is in Belgium right now. <laughs> and in a sense, this is also very beautiful what you now talk about, because um, if I see what is the biggest difference in general between humanity, humans, and let's say the, 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 the the, the animal world, the, the natural natural world, is that we humans, we think always in past, present and future. So we think on this line. Yeah. So we right now we make a decision about what we're going to eat based on what we ate yesterday or what we ate this morning. So this is even simple based like past, present, future. Um, but this also means that you're using all the information and which is not accurate at this point. Um, the natural world is 
that line differently, they work like this. So that means they're connected with universe themselves and Mother Earth. So if you put those two lines on top of each other, you can see there's only one small point which is overlapping. So that we humans and the natural world misunderstand each other is very logic because we only have one small point at this point. So what we need to do is go from this worldview of past, present and future and we have to go back to, to the now. And this is also like what you're showing now with this map, but this is now. And based on your um, subconsciousness, you make the decisions on now because your subconsciousness has been registering from your birth till now everything that it has been seen, um, experienced, what it has been uh, not even consciously registered by your brain, but still your brain has registered it, your subconsciousness has registered it. So trusting your subconsciousness in this case um, makes more sense because your brain can only remember part and not the whole of your whole life. And, and especially like uh, me growing up in Northern Europe, uh, which is fully different than, than the background of you guys. But we have really learned to trust only our brain and not to trust our heart. And what we see right now, thank God, is a big shift going on here in Europe from, from, our, from our mind back to our hearts. And people start to trust their, their uh, subconsciousness more and more. So for you to map this out and to show this, this is uh, really important because this is now, this is happening now and not in the future or in the past. Walter, can you relate to that? Yes, sure. Uh, it's, it's very interesting how you put it, like, because like you said before, we, we are nature, right? Uh, we are part of nature. And, but uh, at the same time, it seems that we are uh, uh, more and more disconnected from nature. And, and, and the way you put it, the thing about uh, uh, our mindset in the past, present and, and future, uh, it, it, it's, it's a pretty good explanation. It's like we're, we're living this almost fantasy world uh, disconnected from nature and and that's something that at some point we have to to hit the brakes and and start coming back that that's something that i'm i'm worried every day about it that's why i kind of ask you yeah well the the thing is what the animals always tell me is like why worry about something that's that you need to do let's say next week because uh, next week you're a different version of yourself than than you are now uh, with another words, you are now yourself, your basis, and between now and then, you will have the extra set of skills needed for that event or for that, let's say, job interview. So you will be equipped fully, perfectly on that moment, ready for that task. Uh, with other words, why worry about what's going to happen? Because trust the universe that it will provide you with exactly what you need to be at that point. And this is how animals live. Yeah, exactly. And this is what I mean, that they are connected with the universe themselves and Mother, Mother Earth. And it saves us humans a lot of thought uh, and a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety if we would shift into this 
Uh, and there's another part that I would like to um, address is that if you look at the laws of creation, what you give attention to grows. So if we now put a lot of attention to um, stress and failure and maybe not capable of doing something, then this is what we tell to the universe that we want to happen. Uh, which is actually the opposite of what we desire. But because we uh, live in this linear past, present, future, we kind of intend to create what we don't want to happen. But for the universe, it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative, it's about creating experiences. So the question is, what are we experiencing and what are we creating? Exactly. And, and it's funny because uh, when, you, when you go to all these, uh, uh, like Buddhism and all these uh, uh, Eastern uh, spirituality, that's all they talk about it, right? They, all they talk about it, it's about the present, you're going to be a different uh, uh, version of yourself, so why, why worry that much? And you connect with the indigenous as well, like Krenak now he says that he, he always tried to talk without thinking, like, because he said the thinking, it, it, it gets in the way, so every time he goes, even in the, like a, a one-to-one conversation or live or whatever, he just start talking whatever comes to his heart, and you have to be brave, I mean, to do that, right? Uh, it's almost like to disconnect from all this mess, trust yourself and just go and talk whatever comes true yeah well they call it also in a lot of indigenous tribes a hollow bone so that whatever comes through it comes through um, but you have to understand that's only possible if you are not attached anymore to any of your own personal negative experiences or positive so that you can really uh, step aside and become this hollow bone because if you still have trauma or, or feel traumatized about some subjects and you start to speak like that, but on the way there's some trauma hitting, uh, it will be colored that what you talk about. So you first have to do a lot of clearing up with yourself and be really centered and peaceful within yourself. Otherwise you cannot do that. So it's not only a courageous man, this person that you're talking about, but also a person who has done a lot of healing on himself. And that's all they do, right? I mean, like, uh, especially in this culture, uh, this tribe, most of them, but this one that I know more, it's, it's almost like they're healing and curing him, themselves in a day-to-day -day basis, like all their rituals and everything. But it's a life cycle. It's, it's like, this is why we're here. We're here to experience, to, to experience how it is to be humans, and, and therefore we can also make mistakes. And therefore, we don't have to be perfect the first time we try, because this is why we're here. We're here to learn. And um, we have to allow ourselves also to learn these experiences and to be um, uh, joining life and, and enjoying in, in life. And it's true that, uh, especially for indigenous cultures, um, it's part of their way of living, uh, but it's only evolving. They're evolving themselves each day. Uh, learning from the experience and like I said that makes them ready for whatever comes to the future um, because they they are not stuck and the reason why they're not stuck is because their heart is open 
and in mod modern society most people have a closed heart so therefore they're stuck and therefore they're stuck in their trauma but you can see that also in big cities a lot of times yes so uh, we have a, a, a very present ghost here in, in our <laughs> meeting and he's sharing like a lot of questions this ghost Bring it in. <laughs> So I'm starting to to do uh, to ask some uh, yes. first remembering uh, that's what we are talking about from human to life centric uh, worldview. So one of them is would a life centric world worldview be at the same time hyper local and widely planetary? And what would that mean for one's life? What are your thoughts? Oof. Yeah, Hugo, can you maybe? So yeah, of course. I, I think we need to um, depart from the point that everything is connected. So making this separation of local and global, it is almost as saying that things are not part of the universe. So if it's just for our understanding, then of course we need to go from the bottom up and top down. It's both approaches are right. And there is no wrong or right in nature, in general terms, just to state it. But uh, we need to to see that whatever we do is having a, an effect in, in someone else. So whatever we eat, whatever we feel. And if we are not conscious about it, then we are just, we keep committing mistakes without knowing, without noticing. So I think the the most important part rather than just global and local, is the self. Because we, we have to come from ourselves and, and trying to bring the best out of us. And the change starts within me. And then from there I can, I can, I can try to do my best to have these ripple effects. And as, as you were talking about this shaman or, or this indigenous leader, that he's talking with his thoughts, with his feelings. So the intention is actually creating a vibration that if you can clean it out of traumas, then it becomes more powerful. And I think this is where actually the question should be vibrating. It is more on how can we vibrate in a frequency that allows us to regenerate what we are. And by doing that, we will regenerate nature amongst our species. Great. Love it. <laughs> Another one? <laughs> Okay, let me get another one. Uh, there is a lot of talk about transcendence, but what about the walk? In your perspective, how does transcendence relate to a regenerative worldview? Um, if you well, um, even though we talk a lot about transcendence, uh, it is very practical. And it is very daily based. It's like if you go to the supermarket and you buy something and you ask yourself, am I really going to eat this? Am I going to honor this product that has been growing? Uh, or is it better to leave it for somebody else in the store, for instance? It's like simple things like that. If I go to the supermarket, I feel with which one will is, is perfectly for me to nutrition me. And I buy only those that I feel is really good for my body. Um, so transcending is can be very practical. It's like uh, feeling in while walking in nature. Um, 
which path to take, left or right, just feel and really connect which way to go. Because apparently if you go in a certain direction which you feel is more flowing, you'll meet somebody and you may even have a beautiful conversation with somebody which could affect that person. So transcendence is not only really to go into this, this uh, higher state of being, but it's actually, for me, it's very practical. It's more about bringing this here, bringing it down, and to, like I said, really connect with, with me being in the center. So how can I serve the, the earth with uh, the information that I get from the universe? So I'm more on the ground uh, doing a lot of things than instead of being up there. So to transcend is more to be honest with yourself and also like you just mentioned is that um, raising your own vibration and to feel whatever you're doing uh, has added something beautiful to the world. So any thought that you have, is it creating beauty? Is it creating something positive? Anything that you do, does it create something beautiful? Is it creating something positive? And if at the end of the day you can say that you've added a lot of beauty and a lot of positivity to the world, you had a good day. But that can also be just by talking to, to a friend on the phone. No, I believe that as well. And following on that, uh, as time goes by, we, we kind of meet uh, a lot of people that, that believe in, in those same things that are working there. I think this experience here is it's one greater example of that and all the people we're meeting here. So uh, we are not all of the people, but we are a lot of people and I, I think we are kind of growing. Uh, do you think we should uh, uh, be putting a little bit more effort in connecting us I mean, connecting people that that believe in in regeneration, that believes in transcendence, and are trying to walk in this path as well, or uh, uh, this is gonna be more fluent and it's happening uh, uh, despite what efforts we're doing. I don't know. Do you think it's because I'm and, and, and bringing a little bit more about myself, I'm all about connections. Uh, like my whole life, I'm, I'm kind of doing connections and, and, and that's the position that I like to put myself in because I think that we are kind of dispersed. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are doing things and it's great because they are doing things, but I feel that uh, if if we want to to shift this way uh, a little bit more in this direction, I think we need to be more together. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, for me personally, but I would love to hear Hugo's point of view about it too. But for me personally, it's more like uh, there has been already said so much and there's almost said so much out there that sometimes I feel I'm becoming more shy and more silent. Just like the animals I represent, because for me it's like it's it's all known. And um, but then when I speak to my councils, they they say to me, no, 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 you have to be out there, you have to speak, and you have to represent us because what what today, for instance, did this beautiful product that we're making right now, this beautiful uh, talk together, um, will resonate and will resonate and have a certain frequency and it will resonate with some people who are listening to this right now, who are seeing this, who feel it in their hearts. And 
it would not be the same if we will not make this because then we will not touch those specific people so in a sense yes it's important that we do talk about this but it can also be in a, in a small group it doesn't have to be um, in, a, in a bigger scale the most important thing is that if you feel touched and you share that with your environment it has this ripple effect so that means that you touch somebody else's heart and they feel inspired and empowered and they will touch somebody else's heart so it's it's uh, almost like mouth to mouth commercial but then in a different way this is like one of the oldest ways of communicating um, but I, I do really feel that uh, m most of it is uh, common knowledge shared by a lot of indigenous cultures um, and it's not something from the past like i said before it's it's from the future so if we start educate ourselves and really feel what resonates with our with our soul with our essence with uh, with our heart um, then we change from within and then we can share it also together with friends and uh, family etc but uh, we live in a world that is overflown in information so it can also have a side effect that those who are very sensitive are getting overwhelmed and they shut their hearts so this is also something that we have to be aware of uh, that everybody has their own truth everybody has their own responsibility and everybody has their own way of experiencing the world uh, all in their own pace because we're all humans and we're all in that sense, souls were having a human experience. So it's really on your own level, and uh, all you can do is, is just be your best vibrant you, and uh, that will resonate, and you will attract from that point of view those who want to interact with you. But Hugo, could you share your point of view on that? Do you have something to add to that? Yeah, so there are a couple of things, and I think I'm gonna make a little twist, but. I do see indigenous cultures as all organisms living in, in a specific place. So I think that we need to listen what their cultures has been developing over time. So to learn from them. So for example, the wild boar community, the wild boar nation, or the flamingos nation, or the elephant nation. There are so many of them that they have been able to build communities and to stay there without harming the, the whole system. And so when we extrapolate that into humanity, we need to follow the example of those that has done it in, in, in a similar way. So they, they have find a harmonious way to live within. And, and something that I like from these cultures is that not for being the last one, you are the one that knows the most, but it is because you are the last one, you are just learning about how to be. And, and I think this is this gives us like the, the right space for us as, as humanity. Uh, we should be more humble and, and to learn uh, from them. And another, another way to see it on this vibration, so I remember in Montana I had this experience with my group uh, in the forest in the night uh, when I met a, a deer family. And, and, and this group of deers First of all, they were scared of us until they realized that our vibration was more positive than negative. So they went uh, close to us and they, they spoke to us with a mind. So it was really interesting because it was not just happening to me for once, it was happening to the group. 
So it is as if you can expand on the field of communication, so you can make this gift for, for, for others in the group. And they were telling us in, in two different moments with two different set of people, because when we come back to the group, they, were, they couldn't believe, so we went back. So they were telling us that they were going out by night now, because during the day they've been hunted. And, and, but they also had families, so they showed us their offsprings and, and their, their little ones playing around. So I think for me that was a, a, a crucial moment in my life because I learned that, of course, we all have families. So whatever you are doing, killing A or B, you are taking that part of that family. And the same happens in a forest with the trees. So when we are just taking one tree from a forest, a mother tree, then we are taking out all the wisdom that is there. And, and that wisdom will not come back if, if, you, if we see it in a linear way of thinking. It will take another 100 years or another 1,000 years. And it's something that the capital cannot pay. So you cannot make time go faster in many ways. So my question, and, and just turning back the conversation also into, in, into Walter, like if you understand that the community that is out there we are all living organisms. How a financial schema, financial market, impact investment fund will work towards those stakeholders instead of just humans? Yes, sure. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think that's, that's really complicated because it's part of the whole thing we're living, right? When you think about uh, financial markets and, and everything, uh, you, it was... It's, it was built on the wrong premises, right? Uh, and now we are trying to, to fix all that. So it's something that uh, I think I relate with everything we are talking about here. Like you have to start small, you have to start uh, close in small groups and, and you have, it's the same challenge. Uh, you, you, you have to start changing the way uh, you deal with those things, uh, uh, I think in the small spectrum, in, in your community, in, in, the, in the companies that are around you and then relates to other groups that are doing the same and hope that we're gonna fix because uh, uh, I don't know, I was wondering what, what are the animals uh, telling us about all of these, like, are, are they worried or no? They are just chilling, and what, what, what are their two cents? Um, well, nature has, of course, a very different way of seeing uh, than we do. For instance, we really have, well, what COVID for now is doing, for instance, is really making us aware of our habits and our normal way of living, and that we are changing our habits. like. We used to all go to offices, this was normal, this was the standard, and nowadays well, everybody's working at home and we kind of find out that that's also possible for a lot of us. So um, it's all about looking at our habits and how can we change them in, in different habits that is not harmful for anyone from the universe. For instance, the animals itself, they find it very disturbing, the concept of holiday, because 
if you go on holiday, and I try to have these conversations with, with let's say, a cat, and I'm saying to the cat, well, your owner is going to go on holiday. That means somebody else will take care of you for two weeks. And then they ask me why? And they say, well, she needs to break from her life. She needs to break from her work. And this cat really becomes very disturbed. And they said, but if she's so unhappy, then why does she not change her life? And this cat has a point. So then it's really difficult for me to explain <laughs> saying, yeah, okay. But and so I try to explain that this is how society works and stuff. But it puts a lot of questions in my mind saying, yeah, she has a point. So, of course, holiday is beautiful if you want to experience different cultures, if you want to experience different climates or animals, whatever, but not to escape your own reality. And um, so the, the more I spoke with the animals, the more I became humble and understand how less I know and how, how ignorant uh, humans can be in that kind of way. Um, also about COVID, and I, I've said this example to Hugo, for instance, especially here in Holland, is that we buy a lot of vegetables in plastic for first of all. So we already throw away a lot of plastic. Then we have like this paprika or capsicums or whatever, and we cut them through middle when we're gonna cook. We take out the seeds and we have learned that the seeds, this is garbage, so we throw away the garbage, yeah? But this is how we, our mindset has been used here in, in Europe. And the animals nowadays tell to me, or ask me stuff like, why don't you just put the, the, the seeds back in the earth? You know, you have a balcony, you have a garden, just put them back. And maybe out of the 20 seeds, three plants will grow. But then you bring back some more beauty into nature. And when we're talking about transcendence on a, on a practical level, this is what I'm talking about. Um, and the same, uh, for instance, and this is a little bit out there for some people, is that um, we have ticks here. And if there's one animal who's kind of misunderstood in a lot of ways, and it's a tick, we have been learned, our mindset is that a tick is a very uh, disturbing animal that we don't want to around us, especially not on top of us. But if uh, if I'm talking to the tick, the tick itself tells me that it's actually uh, cleansing your blood and it's helping to get all those particles out of your blood system that are not functioning uh, well. So therefore it's actually helping us. But um, and again, this is what they have said. This is not my personal opinion, but they have said that the Lyme disease that has been given to them by someone or something is, is making them now look in a bad way. But at the same time, they say our essence is very positive. And so if you see a tick, please check your blood. See us as an indicator that something might be going on with your blood. So if you see us, don't kill us, put us back in nature so that we can be an indicator for somebody else instead of killing us. So these are little things that the animals are saying to us uh, over and over and especially also in these times of COVID. Um, so, so I really would like to invite you all that if you see an animal in a very specific way, so it's flying really close to your car or really sitting next to you or the beautiful deer that Hugo is talking about, just Google it, see what it means, because it has a message for you for that day. It says something about how your day will be and what will happen for you in that day. But uh, 
there are a lot of ways how how humans think differently than animals and one of the biggest misunderstandings that we have and i think that hugo can relate to that is um, um we are so busy in our minds that we try to create two things most of the time at the same time we call it multitasking but actually it's, it's creating chaos because we cannot create functionally because what we think what we feel what we uh, what is our intention and what is our action uh, is completely different so for instance a lot of times when when in modern society when you walk with the dog uh, you're walking with your dog you have your phone on you're talking to somebody else at the same time you're talking about the experience you had at your job you feel the anger again about a remark your colleague was making and at the same time you're thinking okay i do have to do some sports or maybe the wash and this dog is thinking and looking at you like what you're saying is so different than what you're doing it's so different than what you're feeling so why the hell should i listen to you yeah because what you're doing is not in sync so this animal goes and do it their own way and then somebody comes to me and say, yeah, my dog doesn't listen. Well, maybe you start communicating differently. And it's not only that the dog then will start listening, the entire universe will start listening. If what you do is connected to what you say, is connected to what you feel, is connected to what you think, is connected to what your intention is and what your desire. So if we create on that level um, and we are aware on that level of what we are intending to do and do and what is the consequences, like you have pointed out, consequences of our actions and our thoughts, then we have a whole different way of understanding the world. And this is what I believe that we can learn from nature. And if all of us has this mindset, we're done. Amazing, amazing. So at this point, I'd like to to break the protocol and invite Vini to the conversation just to say a little <laughs> bit about his impressions so far and, and maybe ask a question for our guests. Uh, can I do this, Vini? <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, uh, there, there are a couple of them, but we're already heading... Uh, to the to the top of the hour of this uh, OKS experience, but uh, I prefer uh, I I don't know if you guys heard about the, the, uh, about Tyson Yukamporta, the, the book Sand Talk. Have you heard about them? No. I have I have a quote from his book that is very interesting, and I'm going to read this quote because I think this. Uh, fits well with, with, with what you just said, Mareki. So let me open here. Mm -hmm. Here we go. For me, the concept and historical practice of civilization is basically that of a society institutionally negotiated at the political level with or without Plato by the extractive and accumulative economic arrangements that must be in constant growth or will enter into collapse. And therefore, it depends on the constant importation of resources in whatever ways and means, if you know what I mean. It's all I can find in common in all these places called civilizations. Mm -hmm. And they all behave the same way, the same way, and they have this growth-based imperative, this growth-based paradigm. 
And it's impossible. And it's impossible. And uh, it's a denial of reality. It's a denial of physics. It's a denial of everything. If you want a definition of evil, I think it's probably a good one. It's just a denial of reality. Well, I mean, we have a different, a very different concept. In Aboriginal Australia here, we have a different paradigm and it sounds similar. It's just a very subtle difference. And instead of growth-based paradigm, we have an increment-based paradigm. If you took a, an Aboriginal map of Australia, there are about 500 different countries and different languages, dialects. We actually have annual increment ceremonies that we do to organize all these behaviors and get everyone on the right page with it. And also to create a model, I think a simulation. I'm trying to translate this into your language, a simulation in our ritual space of what needs to happen in the ecosystem for the increment to occur. So now increment is different from growth because you don't want to size the system to increase, but you want, you want the relationships across the systems as well as your exchange to flourish. That, yes, needs to increase. And the increment is infinite in nature. So I think it would be like this. If you want to get smarter, you don't need to grow a big, a big brain. You just have to make more narrow connections, sort of. Allow yourself to expand increments. So that's what's in between is incremented. End, end of quote. So... It's a fantastic book, guys. I really think that you, you, you must read it. It's called Sand Talk. We will probably have Tyson Yukaputa having his own ex OCAS experience in the near future because I know some folks that know some folks that knows him. <laughs> <laughs> and we're already talking about it. But And, and, and he, as you, Maria Ki, he, he is Aboriginal. He feels Aboriginal. And uh, he's, the, he's the guy that's, that's making this move, not only to, to have a grasp, because he was educated in Aboriginal, in Aboriginal way in Australia. So, mm -hmm. and, and he, he's, he's, how I say, he's matching up his cosmopolitan worldview with his Aboriginal culture. So it's, he's a very nice place, right? He is a very inspiring place, actually. So uh, I just share this quote just for you guys to comment, and Walter, for you too. And uh, we can head to the finals here, to the final point of this OCAS experience. And uh, after you guys comment about this quote, uh, it would be nice for you, Marieki, and you, Ubu, to make you, yourselves a very, uh, let's say, uh, unusual question that you, you, you never did, right? So, uh, like, uh, what question I never made to, to Ugu or what question I made to Marieki? And we will finish it. And at the end, Walter will ask, us, will ask you guys to see if you envision other folks that would love to have this OKS experience just to expand it, right? as a social peer-to-peer -peer technology all over the world. So that's it. That's for the ghost time, my ghost, <laughs> my ghost, my manifestation ghost mode here. 
And uh, it's up to you now, guys. Let's end this. This is very beautiful. Wow. I love it. Let's Thank you. And um, I take the liberty of being the first <laughs> because um, there's something that really resonated with me that I really felt that I wanted to address. And you're talking about languages. And this is something for me that's really interesting. Like the, the, the Sami shaman that I work with, they have over 100 words for snow. So can you imagine if you have 100 words for snow, how specific you can be about a certain certain snow, but also how limiting it is if you just call it snow. They also have no word for he or she. So imagine a language that is not saying he or she. So just imagine what language is doing to our perception. And the language of the heart has no limitations. So I would love to invite all of you, if we're talking about making this shift from human-centered to life-centered, that we make the shift from using words to using feelings. Because there is no limitation in that. And this is what I would love to, to address and I would love to recommend Yango Swani, my, my co-creator, co-founder of Nature Economy, to be next in line to speak um, because as he represents um, the last officially European indigenous tribe, I would love to have him uh, have this space and talk further about that. So thank you both for of, thank you all, <laughs> including our ghosts, for having me. And I would love to ask Hugo uh, an extremely weird question, <laughs> to say it like that. If you have to call yourself a plant, or if you have to relate to a certain plant, which plant would you be? Salmon tree. <laughs> nice. Yeah. This, this is the one that has been visiting me since I'm a kid and it holds my family, my, let's say, present family. So um, I've been under its shade uh, for many years and has been taking care of me. So um, I think it's about, I trick a little bit because this question was asked when I inter entered to the biomimicry program <laughs> and I, I had it completely clear in my mind that it's about the salmon tree. Can you state that the lemon tree is your family too? I, I'm, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Like I don't have the answer. Uh, but you say salmon you trees say? or lemon trees. I, I've heard yeah. lemon. Lemon tree. Lemon. lemon. No, I, I've heard lemon, but you say lemon or salmon? Yeah, um, lemon. I don't know. But they might be all family. I mean, if my understanding of science is right, they have discovered that we have 20% of uh, the same DNA of the trees. And if it's also right in the way that they think about universal communication language with bacteria, and we are more than 90% of bacteria, and they hold this universal, com universal communication molecule, then who is who? Exactly. We are all related in a way. Yeah. So maybe my question to you would be, is, is not that, that I haven't asked, but it is a new one maybe. Um, I, I just realized that in the United States, they are about to accept that there is extraterrestrial life happening. 
and, and which is a big breakthrough because that might have the potential of really shifting the paradigm, especially of human-centered religions in many ways, because then the system that we know as life or the system that we know as religion, is, it doesn't hold anymore. And that goes back to Copernicus and this kind of thing, so it is not all centered in us. So, have you heard also these voices of the galactic beings? And, and do you think they also have the same kind of language? Or how, how does it work for you? Ooh, uh, on different levels, um, you have, of course, uh, um, their, 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 their voices are very same as any other voice. But at the same time, it's also because most of us here on Earth are extraterrestrial. We came here to have a human experience. So a lot of indigenous tribes also believe that we come from outer space, that we uh, are what we kind of fear at the same time. So um, the question is more, what is extraterrestrial? So what is ET? Is it just not our own ancestors? Are it not just our own family? Um, so where do we come from ourselves? Uh, so from that point of view, yes, they have the same voices. Uh, I have been speaking with them. Um, um, I have been connected with uh, their spaceships. They they hover sometimes over my house. I can connect with them. So for me, that it's becoming common knowledge is is beautiful, uh, and we know that we are being guided and helped by them in a lot of ways. And. Um, and of course, you have also the light codes that they use. And if you look, especially on Facebook, for instance, more and more the light codes are coming to us, uh, which is a, a beautiful way of uh, writing uh, their language. And if you focus and with an open heart, you can read it. And this is the most interesting part because it makes words in your mind. And uh, if you haven't tried it once, uh, just look on light codes, even on Facebook, there's a lot. And just um, watch them, the, the, the descriptions with an open mind, and you can uh, really read them. And, and Walter, do you, see, do you see a future of abundance? Like, do you think, do you think we, can, we can make it from capital to life towards abundance? I'm hoping. No, I really, I really believe that. Uh, I don't know if it's a logical belief. Maybe it's a, a feeling or instinct belief. But I think something uh, is happening, and and it's kind of happening fast. I think everybody, even if they don't know, they're kind of uh, uh, they're kind of cheering for that. They're kind of uh, expecting that. In, in some way and I don't know I think all this talk uh, remind me a lot about uh, agroflorists as well uh, uh, here we also call syntropic agriculture and there is a guy here Ernest uh, Gosch who, who kind of started developing this concept here like 34 years ago and, and, and it's a lot of what we're talking about, all this collaboration that happens in nature. And when you try to do and force your own way, then you, you start having the problems and you have to put poison to, and it's kind of 
there is no there is no good way in in this path and i think that's what what's happening with everything uh, uh we have to shift from this and i think the quote that that vini put it's a lot about that like how do we shift from this competitive and scarcity uh mindset to one of abundance right uh, uh and and it's something that it's, it's hard like i said Uh, if you look at the map, maybe you're gonna be more desperate and said, "Oh my God, there's no way we're gonna get out of this hole." But I don't know. I think we're more than that. So I'm an optimistic. <laughs> we could say that. But isn't it also that it, you choose the way of things, how things flow, instead of those things that you have to struggle with? Because we have learned, especially in modern society, that only by struggle and fighting and, and really going for it, uh, we gain what we want. But actually, we're forcing our will on something that's unnatural. So if we would just go more with the flow and choose the flow, things go easier. And especially in the beginning, we cannot believe it is that easy. <laughs> and we don't trust it then because it's too easy. But if you start to trust and really start the flow and really trust the flow and feel it in inside yourself, um, life goes very beautiful. And then it's a beautiful ride without a struggle. Exactly. And, and that's where you said the hard part is to believe, right? Because even when you try it, like you have some times in your life that you are falling more the flow and you see that the abundance and everything happening and everything that you just talk about, like it goes smoothly, you have synchronicity, I think things happening. But when you, it's, 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 uh, easy, it's almost like, You blink and then you you are in the in, in another mode, right? It's it, it's hard to believe in this in, in the flow, but that's the way. Uh, well, Walter, I'm gonna be really harsh with you right now. It started already with the first word of your sentence. It's hard because it's not hard because it's a choice. So if you now choose that it's true, and you're gonna trust this flow, and you feel now how it changes the essence, the energy. It's done. I, I love your harshness, <laughs> Mariaki. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I, and I think that that's, that's a beautiful way to, to end this OKS experience. Not only Walter Food for Thought, but uh, 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 food for a way of understanding your own way of life, right? And, uh, and, and I agree totally with Mariaki in, in that sense. So it's a question of choice, really. It's a When you have the awareness of it, right? If you have the awareness of it, it's, it's a question of choice. So, so guys, and that's it. That's it. So, thanks a lot. Thank and, you. Uh,